is up, everyone? Thank you for joining us here on the Welcome Home Podcast. I'm your host, Cinderella, and I'm joined by my incredible co-host, Q. What it do? What it do? And as always, we are joined by famously Garnet, who is still five foot six. So I already grew there half is a foot. that. I already grew half, half a, foot. a foot. Yeah. Jeez. That's crazy, dude. Five cents since high school, but all right. You're literally five six right now, buddy. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I talked to your wife, and uh, the last time that y'all went to a amusement park, your kid could actually get onto the roller coasters, but you couldn't. Do you care to explain? The people want to know, bro. I think you get me sorely confused with Hale McGranahan from the Big Spur. He's like Jeez. five. five. He is. He and, is. Uh, well, I mean, that's actually being nice. If he's five five. He's more like five two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely is. One hundred percent. Not only that, but hey, look, big Hale McGranahan fan. But this guy, he needs a haircut. Okay, he always needs a haircut. That thing looking nappy. But You're rocking a Kirby smart. Ooh, yeah. Just yeah, disgusting work. Disgusting work. <laughs> yeah, he is. Well, let's go ahead and hop into this episode. And with this one, we will break down the Joyce Edwards commitment. Number two player in the country. Some say number one. Some have say that she's a generational talent, which I think that might be one of the most overused phrases in recruiting today it seems like every single year in every single sport there's a a generational talent but Mm. that's what they are calling her so but not only are we going to break down her commitment but we also will be breaking down four-star eli ellis's commitment to the men's basketball team so that is going to be absolutely huge like today was a big day for the basketball programs but not only that but we will also preview the Kentucky football game and why South Carolina may or may not beat the Kentucky Wildcats. We have to win this if we want any chance to go into Clemson to potentially win that and make it into a bowl game, which, man, that Florida L is just looking a little bigger day by day. day okay, by day. I wonder why we chose violence that day. Absolutely. So... Let's go ahead and get into this. Let's start with Joyce Edwards. This young lady is an absolute stud, okay? She is over there at Camden High School, and she's been tearing it up. This is a young basketball player that people throughout the entire state have been drooling over about her potential, what she can do as a college basketball player. Joyce Edwards, a 6'2 forward out of Camden High School here in the state of South Carolina. This is just another in-state five-star that Don Staley has landed. The past couple would be the likes of um, Ashley Watkins, Malaysia Fool, Wiley, and now Joyce Edwards. Well, we, we always oh, pay yeah. respect to the GOAT, Asia Wilson. <laughs> the GOATed five-star that was ever absolutely, absolutely. So, I mean, this is just another one that she lands, and there is talks about a lot of people think that she might be the best one of them all, that Joyce Edwards might be the best of all of them. Now, obviously... There is, like Q said, Asia Wilson, right? So can she get there? We will see. I guarantee you yeah, get a ring before absolutely. you walk out the door. You're going to get a ring. And I'm, I don't know, saying 
adding her to the fold with Watkins and Full Wiley, there might be multiple rings that are about to come out of that. Oh, yeah, uh, no, absolutely. Absolutely, man. I mean, like, they are calling this year a rebuild year for the women's basketball team, and we just saw them just put up a 100 bomb on two top 15 teams, and they beat both of them a combined score of 67. So when you add in a Joyce Edwards, I mean, it's going to be unbelievable because what Joyce Edwards brings is is a 6-2-6-3 frame, but with guard-like skills. And I think that she's going to be an absolute superstar in college as well. So, FG, uh, go ahead and give us your reacts to Joyce Edwards. It's just another fantastic gift for Dawn Staley, and you can't say anything more. I mean, or, or say anything less about it. It's just number, you know, number two overall player uh, for the class uh, for 24. And at Camden, she averaged as a junior 28.5 points a game, 13.6 rebounds a game, and 3.5 steals on top of uh, 2.9 assists as well. For her junior season at Camden, she played with, you know, Gamecock sophomore uh, Chloe Kitts in the uh, World Cup uh, with Team, Team USA. So you got a great connection there. And uh, look, man, she's the highest player out of South Carolina since the, the GOAT herself, Asia Wilson, man, in 2014. Uh, just a, a massive get, and it's like, you hear generational talent. Obviously, that you know word is or that term is you know, used a lot lately, as you've already said. And and maybe she's just that as well. Maybe she's another Asia Wilson. Maybe she's just another just absolute fantastic. You just you can't say enough about her when she gets here in South Carolina. But from the grand scheme of things, the way it looks is that I I, I don't know. Like I said, and we said it last episode, what these pundits were talking about is a re uh, a rebuild, but. This is a reload. This is just like what George is doing in football right now. It is absolutely insane, and I just don't see it stopping. And but man, she's a she's another Hooper, and you know that's another massive get by by Dawn Staley. And you know she's not done. You know she's gonna get a couple more big names into this twenty four class. I mean, it's just insane what she's doing. And I just I I don't know. I, I don't know what to tell you, man. I just I don't see this this dynasty at this point stopping anytime soon. Just uh. Another fantastic get by Dawn and um, Gamecock. Is Gamecock country is just buzzing right now. Absolute massive get for Dawn, Staley, and crew. Q, go ahead and give us your reaction to Joyce Edwards joining the South Carolina Gamecocks. You guys know who led the team in scoring in the under-19 World Cup? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say Joyce Edwards. Save you guys a little research time. You want to guess who all was in high school or on that under-19 World Cup team? There was only one player, Joyce Edwards. So she's led USA to a gold medal as the only high schooler on the team. And now you're adding her to Malaysia Fulwali, Ashley Watkins, Chloe Kitts. Like, I don't know what more people need to see to understand why USA wrote a blank check and told Don, name your price. But... To me, it's pretty evident. Don has three head coaches as assistants on her staff, and she's starting to bring back uh, former players on her staff to help them in their coaching. At the end of the day, what Don has built, the dynasty Don has built since said it before, we had nothing before, and now she has literally made us an elite, elite program. Elite. Like, when you look at all-time teams, South Carolina is up there in the top five. Elite. That's where she is. 
And honestly, Don's got a lot more years to go. And we got a lot more blank checks to keep writing. So I'm excited, man. This is going to be a fun, fun ride with Don Staley at the helm. And hopefully she's going to be here for another 20 to 30 years because this program led by Don Staley could end up rivaling a Gino-led UConn program. Okay. As a as like the the top program of of all time. It could be a Pat Summit at Tennessee-esque. Okay. Like we are talking about a coach and program combination that could end up being the greatest of all time if she's here for the next you know 20, 30, 40 years. And she's only at the beginning, hopefully. Hopefully she's only at the beginning because what she has been doing it in the past like 15 years-ish is nothing short of unbelievable. Literally took one of the worst programs in women's basketball to being the premier program in the entire sport in 10 to 15 years. That's unheard of. That is unbelievable. <laughs> so shout out to Don Staley, shout out to uh, Joyce Edwards and all the assistant uh, coaches who made this happen. So with that, we'll go ahead and switch over to the men's basketball side. What can the quarter zip king Lamont Paris cook up off the court? Well, what he can cook up is landing another big time player. Per on three, he is the 99th best player in the country and the 17th best point guard in the country. Per 24-7 sports, he is the 63rd best player in the country and the ninth best point guard in the country. And this is 6'1", one, one, or 190-pound point guard prospect from Hickory, North Carolina, Eli Ellis. Now, what does Eli Ellis bring to South Carolina? We've already talked about this a little bit. That is scoring. The scoring ability of Eli Ellis is one that we will be talking about for a long time, okay? And then when he gets to South Carolina, Lamont Paris, as we have seen, he lets his guy shoot. And he gets the players that can shoot the best the ball in situations where they can go out there and do what they do the uh, best, and that is to score the uh, basketball. And he's going to do the exact same thing with Eli Ellis, okay? No, not going to lie. In this day and age of the point guard position in basketball, 6'1", not the tallest, okay? But that's okay because you got uh, guys who are a lot smaller than Eli Ellis, like Isaiah Thomas, okay? Like Allen Iverson, who was about the same size as Eli Ellis. Like you have shorter guys. Who who pound for pound was – he definitely was pound for pound one oh, yeah. of the best players to ever played a game, too. Alan oh, yeah, 100%. Pound I mean, Kobe said, like, he had an interview, and Kobe said that the world of basketball is thankful that Allen Iverson was not six foot five. If Allen Iverson was that tall, 
that he would probably be the greatest of all time. So, FG, I want to get your reaction to what Eli Ellis's commitment to the men's program means for Lamont Paris and crew. Well, it's massive. You start the 25 class out with a bang, and you keep you keep that going, and it's just an incredible get for, for South Carolina. A lot of people, you know, they say he's one of the best shooters in the country. Um, that's, that's absolutely massive. I mean, South Carolina's doing a great job so far uh, this season, shooting the three, right now being uh, – Somewhere around the top twenty right now in the country through three games with through three games, which is yeah, I get it, three games into the season, but still, I mean, we haven't seen shooting like this in a while, no matter who the opponents we played. Uh, obviously, they coming off a little rough night of EMI, but I mean, with EMI coming came to town, but you know, got the win. That's all that matters. But Eli Ellis, I mean, he's a great player, and you know, ecstatic to get him. I hear his um, attitude is a little different than. Uh, what we've seen from guys uh, lately at South Carolina kind of has a little bit of a Marshall Henderson swag to him, like um, the guy that uh, Ole Miss, I'm sure uh, people remember his name, uh, brings to the table. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great gift for South Carolina. Um, and it's just it, it's just proven a lot of uh, naysayers when it comes to recruiting, some other things about Lamont uh, wrong, quite frankly. Um, he's doing a fantastic job so far. And I'm very, very hyped and interested to see how this 25 class is going to finish. But what a gift for Lamont and uh, the quarter zips, man. Great, great gift. Q, well, what do you have on Eli Ellis's commitment to South Carolina? One word and one word really only. Profound. There's a profound get. Lamont needs someone who's got character, who's got swag. That Marshall Anderson. A uh, comparison is spot on. A guy that can shoot, a guy that's going to be vocal, a guy that's going to bring people to the to the table. You got to bring somebody that's going to bring the crowd. Kids got a huge social media following. Um, and so this is big for Lamont. Lamont's a quiet guy, so having someone vocal like this just brings more to the table. One thing we talked about, myself, FG, Sin have talked about is when Lamont gets players, you're going to see how well of a coach he is. And this year has started to show you a little bit of that. Uh, BJ Mack is one of the best transfers to play this year. And he's averaging almost 17 points a game. I don't think we had a person average 17 points a game last year. And so now you're bringing in scoring. You got guys that's playing their roles. You're adding a guy when Eli gets here. You're adding Eli to a team that ha- that will have Trevor Noah on it. Zach Davis will be in his senior year. Jacoby Wright. You know, you got guys that will be very much ahead, and ain't no telling who he'll have out the portal. So you just you just kind of you see Lamont is doing what he needs to do to field a team that will be successful. And I'm telling you right now. Once Lamont gets a taste of the tournament, he's not going to not be in the tournament. He just built that way. You can tell the way he coaches and the way he handles things, he's not going to not be in the tournament. So I'm excited about getting Eli in the fold. A very strong start to a 2025 class. And like I said, I'm interested to see what what transpires from this point. You talk about social media following. Kid's got 330,000 followers on Instagram and 750-plus on TikTok. That's insane, dude. 
I had no idea he had a following like that. That is nuts. Oh, yeah. Yeah, dude. He is all about the social media. All right. He is all about the social media. So that would be an absolutely huge addition to this basketball team. And it would also, it, it could potentially bring some more eyes to this basketball program with his social media following, which is just going to grow even more when he does get here to South Carolina. So very excited to see what the future holds with Eli Ellis in this South Carolina men's basketball team. Alrighty. So we're going to go ahead and talk about this old Kentucky breakdown. Okay. Kentucky versus South Carolina, Kentucky at six and four. Overall in South Carolina at four and six. This is the Ray Davis show. Okay, 160 carries, 929 yards, 5.8 average with 11 touchdowns. They did beat Florida and they manhandled them 33 to 14. It's because, not because of Devin Leary. He only had 69 yards passing. Ray Davis had 280 yards on the ground. Against Missouri, he had 128. I mean... If they're going to win, it's going to be because of Ray Davis. He is going to carve you up. So, FG, I want you to uh, dive into this Kentucky versus South Carolina matchup a little more. So, what do you have on this game for this Saturday? Yeah, I mean, you've already really acknowledged the biggest point of that that team is Ray Davis. I mean, he's an absolute fiend when it comes to running the ball. You know, he's a 1,000-yard rusher guy. He had the rush for 1,000 yards last year, and he's going to do it again this year. And I, I, I hopefully he doesn't do it against us. Right now he's sitting at 929 for the year. Uh, but, I mean, he's just an absolute beast, and he's got NFL on his mind. I mean, he's fantastic, and he's going to be a great NFL running back on the next level. So the way you stop Kentucky is you stop that running game. And can it be done? <laughs> I mean, it can. We've seen South Carolina stop the running game before this season. Will it be done? That's another question. But in this game, night game, Shane Beamer, the record speaks for itself as a night game. Yeah, we lost to Florida, but that wasn't a night game when we played Florida this year. That was in the afternoon. I like South Carolina in this one, but I do have concern there. I have concern about Ray Davis. I think our defense is going to be ready for the challenge. And I think that get-right game helped South Carolina that they when they played Vanderbilt and the way they steamrolled them. But I do still have concern there. And look, if you if you can't stop the run, you're not going to win this game. It's quite simple. Devin O'Leary's an average quarterback. Really nothing great about him. You know the thing about Kentucky, the rushing defense is solid. Um, I want. I mean, it's okay. I mean, it's not perfect, but I, I think they average 95, 100 some yards a game allowed. But their secondary is a different story, and that's how you beat Kentucky. If Xavier Leggett has over 150 yards in this game, we're going to win. I, I'm going to say that right now. We're going to win. Or, or more, 150-plus that. If Spencer Rattler has over 325 yards, we're going to win, which I think is definitely possible the way Kentucky's secondary plays. But I do have concern with our offensive line. Will they be ready to stop Kentucky's defensive line? They have a pretty decent defensive line there. But if we stop the run, we're going to be in good shape. And I know it sounds stupid. I sound like Booger McFarlane out there. Oh, you stop the run, you're going to win the game. It's obvious. Yeah, I know. But it's just the way it is with this one. Um, Ray Davis is your guy. You stop him. And Kentucky's going to be in a little bit of trouble. 
Um, you know, they've looked good throughout their schedule. Yeah, they didn't beat top talent, um, you know, earlier into the season. However, you know, recently, you know, you, you played really good games despite, you know, you obviously got crushed by Alabama. No shock there. Um, almost to be expected. I, I, I still wonder, man, you know, the way we played Georgia, unlike anybody else, I still just question, like, man, if we just had Juice Wells, what could have been? And I hate to be that guy, but, guys, what could have been, right? My biggest thing right now for Kentucky, you know, the last five games, they lost four of them, right? You lost Georgia. You lost Missouri. You lost to Tennessee. All right, you beat Mississippi State 24-3. to And you go in the next week and you lose to Alabama. So Kentucky's not having the best time right now. You know, they're on one of those like, hey, we haven't won since, you know, we saw one the one game in November, you know, the beginning of November, but one of five is not fun. I mean, South Carolina's been there, you know, so they're not having fun right now. So Kentucky's going to be looking to do some damage. But their their biggest win to them, you know, is going to be when they beat Florida back in uh, September. I mean, that was quite a while ago, guys. But you stop Kentucky. You, you allow Ray Davis keep him down over, under 100 yards. I mean, we're going to win this game, I feel like. But, you know, we'll see. Got to let it play out. But for now, I feel I feel confident in South Carolina, and I feel confident because it being a night game. And it, it all makes a difference. Rude's going to be in the, in, in, the, in the stadium. I mean, let him, like, get on the big screen. He's out there with a DJ, which is my buddy. Uh, DJ I am and let him mix it up with him like that'd be crazy like the stadium might just spontaneously combust dude it's gonna be wild it's gonna be a wild night Saturday night absolutely man absolutely so we will see if they can get it done but Q what do you have on Kentucky versus South Carolina man uh it goes down to exactly what everybody has said um we gotta stop the run um their their passing game is not gonna beat us uh but their run game can and so it's all about stopping the run and for the first time all year, we'll have an offensive line that has been the same for consecutive weeks. We are two games away from the end of the season, and this is the first time we've had the same offensive line for consecutive weeks. And hopefully that helps us in the long run. I think those guys will bow up well. Um, if we can – if we can play defense, like we played against Georgia, and we play offense like we did against Vanderbilt, we win this game. You you win this game. You win it convincingly. So that's the biggest thing. Let the crowd handle Kentucky. You play your game and let the crowd handle Kentucky. That is your job this week is to let the crowd handle Kentucky and you play your game. Absolutely. So uh, let's go ahead and get score predictions and wrap this thing up. So, FG, what is your score prediction for South Carolina versus Kentucky? Give me a 34-27 win for the Cox. Mm. Going for the Cox so that they can move to 5-6 and six and then gear up for the old Clemson game to hopefully get into the bowl season. So, Q, what do you have for Kentucky versus South Carolina? I think we need to score between 35 and 42 points and hold them to at least 24. As always, Q is going to give you a range, not the actual score prediction. Uh, Let's see. Let's see. What do I want to say? I'm going to go 31 
to 28 for the Cox. I'm going to go 31 to 28 for South Carolina. I think that's going to be a really close ball game. So give me 31 28 for South Carolina to go to five and six and go into Clemson, man, looking to secure a bowl appearance and to create a win streak versus the Tigers, which was announced the other day to be at night. Again, another which South is Carolina football game at night, which this is really, really hilarious because under the Will Muschamp era, I swear to God, I only remember three night games, maybe. And then under Shane Beamer, for some reason, somehow, it's like every home game is at night unless it's versus a Troy or someone of that caliber where we will have that one or two game that's at 3.30 or at 12. But it seems like almost every single home game is at night. So, um, and me. Personally, I like the night games a little bit more from not only attending, but also from at home as well. So so I am very excited about that. And I think that South Carolina versus Clemson should always be either 3.30 or at night. It should never be a a noon football game because, yeah, yeah dude, like, come on, man. It's yeah, South Carolina Clemson. Yeah, they're putting that game on noon, man. Yeah. We're probably playing on the CW next year. Let's not have that yeah. happen. Yeah, no. It's like, look, I don't want to see my football game be be played and then All-American comes on like right after it, okay? That'd dude, the disgusting. ACC has a deal with the CW, dude. One of the greatest, greatest things I've ever seen. Like, that just tells oh, you how much of a joke the ACC is. Smallville used to be good. <laughs> I have freaking Buffy the Vampire. Oh, dude, I mean, forgot about on, Buffy. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Hey. They are. Disgusting uh, work. They're talking about doing like a One Tree Hill reunion. So there you go. Disgusting work. Toy Story. They do the Toy Story broadcast on ESPN. <laughs> well, no, no, that's no, no. They should that's do like an Animaniacs broadcast for college football. Are they? Dude, that's, that's hilarious. All righty. That is the end of this episode. Thank you for listening to the Welcome Home Podcast with your host, Cinderella and Q. We hope you enjoyed this episode. As always, you can head over to Spotify or iTunes to catch up on our past episodes. Give this one a rating and review and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at the Welcome H Pod. That's all for this episode. We will see you next time. Peace.